the Forged and Unbroken podcast. So it's funny, my um, wife and I were actually, we spent probably five years in Annapolis, so it's always nice getting back. Yeah, so, well, welcome back. Yeah, yeah, thank you for that. <laughs> um, yeah, well, for a man that really needs no introduction, uh, Governor Larry Hogan. So appreciate you coming on to the podcast. And well, thank you. Here. Thank you very much for having me. And uh, thanks for doing the podcast. And thanks yeah. for everything you do uh, for firefighters. Yeah, thank you. I uh, wanted to start with a thank you and an apology. Because when I was on the executive board, you opened up your house to us, the governor's mansion for the professional firefighters of Maryland. You fed us, you gave us drinks. And it was just a fantastic event. So thank you for that. And the apology comes where uh, we don't do a very good job of saying goodbye. Like it takes us like an hour and there's like 13 <laughs> steps to it. I think you're already in bed and people are already. Yeah. We, out, it was so. hard to get you guys out of the house. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I loved having the firefighters come by the governor's mansion. It was a good time. But I think we ran out of beer and, yeah, uh, that sounds about right. and, uh, I was like, yeah, don't, these guys don't ever go home. I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm an old guy. I'm getting tired. Yeah. Yeah. So I can't I, hang with you. I think you closed the lights down on us and it took us a minute to get out. So there, that's my apology as well. <laughs> nah, it was a great time. But thank you. Um, now, uh, man, we'll get right into it. Um, I want to be respectful of your time. We had, um, so where I'm at now, I've, I've got 18 years in the fire service. Well, thank you very much for that service. Yeah, thank you. Putting your life on the line for the rest of us. Appreciate that. Thank you. Um, we have plenty of people that I see in rub elbows with that are 20, 25, 30 years in, and they are looking at retirement where they have already retired. And so, not saying all, but many of them are looking at like pension friendlier states to to head out. Um, and with the Hometown Heroes Act, you are pushing for some incredible stuff just for public safety in general. And I know that there was a lot of back and forth. You know, there were certain organizations that were pushing up against you. Um, but what was the incentive for you to actually like push for that public safety pension relief well it was just because i believed it was really important and i thought that they deserved it so um I, you know i was trying to get um a tax relief for for everybody in the state and everybody that was retiring but i said the way to get it done was i said you know w with the with some of my colleagues in the legislature who didn't agree and wanted to raise taxes on retirees <laughs> rather than cut them i said well can we at least start with our hometown heroes with our firefighters and our law enforcement officers and we had a separate bill for our military mm -hmm. retirees um and so we were successful but it wasn't easy i mean we were pushing and pushing and and the IFF did a great job of, of helping to lobby, uh, probably more so than anyone. And so first year we came in and I was for eliminating all taxes on your pension. Yeah, 100%. Um, and uh, the legislature said, well, we'll we'll give you, like I think it was the first $10,000 of income we'll exempt, but after that we won't. Yeah. And it passed, it was better than nothing, but sure. it wasn't good enough. So I came back the next year and said, no, we're still coming for all of it. Yeah. And again, didn't pass. Uh, and it was multiple years going on, but you guys got in there, and I kept. I thought it was really important. I thought, yeah. you know, uh, the, really the guys that that every day put their lives on the line for the rest of us, that run toward the danger rather than away from the danger, that that are such dedicated, you know, public servants, they deserved it, and they sh we shouldn't be taxing them on their on their pensions that they earned, you know, after years of service. So anyway, we then we got the legislature to increase it by fifty percent. They went to fifteen thousand. I came back again and said, still not good enough. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to keep coming until we get it all done. And then yeah. finally, um, we did get it done. And, and I actually, in my last year, although it's phasing in over the next four years, um, we actually got the the uh, Retirement Tax Elimination Act. So 
even though we went first with the firefighters and police officers and military retirees now we now we did it for everyone in the state yeah yeah <laughs> you set the bar high with 100 percent. i mean that's amazing and i know and they kept thinking i was going to go away they right. were like oh this will shut them up <laughs> yeah no i was like no we're coming back yeah, year after year after year and i, I appreciate that and i mean with the leadership with uh like mike ron and jeff Buttle, yeah like, those guys did a yeah. great great job it really would not i'm not not to take anything away from uh from our police officers uh but it the firefighters really worked hard to get it done yeah and uh they, they did a great job with the legislature yeah. we we were kind of going shoulder to shoulder you know knocking that one over to go along <laughs> no no and yes yeah, sincerely appreciate it. at least something happened and like i said you kept pushing so uh, yeah super incredibly amazing yeah i'm very proud of it and uh, really enjoyed you know working with uh, all of the leadership of the firefighters yeah yeah good group of guys and gals there um that's a good segue into some of the other legislation that you push for so um, this is something that's really been a hot topic in the fire service lately, and that's uh, cancer presumption. Yeah. And under um, your leadership, we were able to um, add three more cancers to the already eight in the cancer presumption. Yep. You made it. Uh, there was another House and Senate bill that was co-sponsored to to make uh, it more inclusive for that 10-year mark because sometimes, I don't know if they call it a loophole, but it, it put a couple people in a trick bag, and you made yes. it more inclusive for the fire service. And it's super important just where we're at with our gear has PFAs, which is a known carcinogen. Yep. We can't get away from it. The exhaust, the products of combustion, the hazmat, the chemicals, just being on shift work, um, something I learned recently, just being on shift work, a, and our profession is considered a group 2A carcinogen because of just sleep deprivation mm. and, and the health issues that come from that. Wow. I know that's... Um, yeah, it was something I was very passionate about, and I I, yeah, I learned more and more about the issue. And I'm being a cancer survivor myself. I was yeah. kind of passionately focused on uh, trying to help other people that were going through this. And I knew that firefighters were in a uniquely dangerous situation because of the chemicals that they deal with and the th- positions that they're forced to be in to do their job. And I sat down with the uh, IFF leadership here in the state um, and uh, said, what can I do to help? And uh, they, we worked together on uh, putting together several different bills, all of which passed. The, the, the one to expand to protect the additional, three additional cancers, and then, you know, we 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 passed a bill named uh, Jesse McAuliffe. Uh, it was he was a guy I met, uh, fi- a great firefighter from Prince George's County that died of cancer. That you know, I, I got the chance to meet him and his family, and uh, what an incredible guy who loved. He's the kind of guy you want to suit up with and go on the next call and he's just loved being a firefighter and he died of cancer and you know i was like i'm going to do something about this and i was passionate about it you know we also launched a cancer moonshot initiative where we put um, a couple hundred million dollars into cancer centers and more advanced research but uh, firefighters deserve i think i was the first governor in america to take one or two of these steps that they hadn't done and got thanked by by uh you know the national guys as well absolutely yeah no i and it's um interesting that you had your own battle during yeah. your 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 time as governor and i mean what uh, well first yeah. of all congrats on being cancer yeah for thank so you long. No, it's thank amazing. you yeah and, um, you're right there in the trenches 
you know, while you're healing. Well, it was, it, it did, you know, it, it made me um, more aware. Uh, made, yeah. It made me, you know, get in touch with my, my you know, what the, mo- what the important things in life are. But I met incredible fellow patients that were going through these struggles. And so it was my first five months of being governor. I got uh, diagnosed with you know, advanced and aggressive cancer, which I battled through. And by the way, my firefighter buddies were there behind me every step of the way. And, awesome. and then uh, when I was coming out of that and, and, and getting better and stronger, that's when I met this this firefighter in Prince George, Jesse McCullough, who was battling cancer. And I got to share my story and tell him, you know, hang in there and you got to be tough and we're going to be praying yeah. for you. And I met, you know, hundreds of fellow patients that were going yeah. and their families. And it made me more aware of how important these kinds of things are. And, and then it was particularly, um, you know, my firefighter buddies who I was always trying to stand up for and fight for when I learned more about the dangers that they're exposed to by being firefighters, yeah. then I said, we're going to do something about it. Yeah. The, the research is uh, still emerging and there's still so much out there. Um, but I mean, this was an incredible first step because this has tremendously helped people just in our own jurisdiction. We've yeah. unfortunately lost, I can think of a half a dozen names just in my yeah. own jurisdiction. Yeah. And 26 years sad. old upwards. I mean, young, yep. young men and women. Well, I spoke at a couple of uh, funerals of some of the people we lost, including yeah. Jesse. I was just talking about, uh, but yeah, it's you know it's a dangerous enough job. <laughs> you're you're running into burning buildings that could collapse on you, and uh, you know. But uh, then you have this the additional risk of yeah. these cancers, which we need to try to mitigate and uh, protect. Sure. Firefighters you know, for being a father of two daughters, I know when I hit that ten year mark, I kind of breathed. A little bit of a sigh of relief because I know the the risk is so high, but I knew that at least had you some made it back yeah. there, at least hit over a, a big benchmark. So yeah, uh, thank you. Yeah, thank you. Um, and so you mentioned that you were speaking at um, some of the funerals, and um, there have been some notable line of duty deaths in Maryland. One of them, I was my and my crew were intimately involved with with uh, Flynn, uh, Nate Flynn from Howard County. Yeah, and um, we were. Our crew is charged with the rescue mission and bringing them out, and that's that was a pretty intense thing. And well, we had Laird out of Frederick County, yeah. and Lakayo and Butram and Sadler from Baltimore City. <laughs> There's a lot there, and yeah. you were tasked with providing leadership during those hard times and speaking at the funerals. And I remember when you came up and spoke. I'm in the first few rows, and you provided you know a sense of calm and reassurance during those hard times. And you're in this neat position where you are not a sworn firefighter, but you're right. still in public service. Yep. And you have to kind of toe the line between um, civilians who may not always know what we are getting into, but you have a front row seat to it. But that's got to be a hard thing. How you, did you get through that? You know, it was, on the one hand, it, I thought it was one of the most important parts of my job mm-hmm. um, to uh, celebrate the lives and uh, to comfort the families and the fellow firefighters and police officers that we lost. Um, and I spoke at far too many funerals of yeah. firefighters and police officers. Sure. Um, it's, it was one of the hardest things I ever had to do because I'm a, I'm a pretty emotional guy. And to be up there talking about someone who gave their life mm-hmm. for the rest of us and looking in the eyes of their, their family in the front row and then looking at a whole room full of their brothers and sisters in the fire department or in the police department. It, it was, it was hard to do yeah, emotionally. Absolutely. Like I'm, I'm getting 
choked up just talking about it right now. But it was, I thought it was important. I tried to be at every one of them I could because I think, you know, it's part of the job. It's like I was there representing all the people of the state to be the consoler in chief to say (laughs) it's going to be okay and that the rest of you, you know, can honor the fallen firefighter's life by continuing to do what you do every day. Yeah. No, well, thank you. It was it was certainly felt, and you provided uh, you certainly provided a sense of calm. I was one of those people in that front row. Yeah, it was, it was uh, tough. They, they were all tough, but the you, you, you talked about uh, you know Sadler and Buttram and um, yeah, Lacayo. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that three <laughs> losing three firefighters in the same fire, yeah. same time was really really tough. And uh, I went to. You know, two of them were from one firehouse, one from a different firehouse. I went to both firehouses before the funeral and, you know, yeah. hugged all the guys and spent time with them and uh, and then spoke at the funeral. And um, it, it was – that was one of the hardest things I've ever had to do. I mean, each yeah. of them was terrible. Sure. But with all three of them in one, one time, was yeah. th- that was the worst uh, one I had to deal with yeah. during the eight years of being governor. Yeah. No, it was, it was certainly felt through the fire service, but um – yeah, it's you being in public service. It we felt the support and that and that. Yeah, like I said that sense of calm and leadership. Well, that, I, I thought it was important. I mean, it was heartfelt. I'm, I yeah. I was very sincere, but I also thought it was you know important to be there because uh, that's part of the job. Like you know, when 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 people are in need, that's you know my my job is to keep people safe, and especially the people that are trying to keep us safe. Um, when they're when they're not safe, we got to go you know yeah. be there for them and their family and you took the words right out of the mouth is it, we can tell it's genuine yeah so thank you yeah. <laughs> um uh, on the heels of that we also had um the widows of flynn and, and yeah. laird go through um the legislation process and regulations to create more safety not just for the fire service but just marylanders in general with the cst line and and uh changing some some of the uh, laws surrounding the CSST, which was a direct result of why they passed. So, yeah, and I know that you took well, part of that. Well, no, I mean, look, a lot of the legislation that we got passed, including when we were talking earlier about the cancer bills, mm-hmm. um, and you know, on, both on firefighters and police officers, when we had the families, the spouses mm-hmm. of the people we lost, come testify <laughs> before the legislature about why this these bills were important it made made a huge difference i mean yeah. it's got to be incredibly difficult i'm sure they oh, yeah. didn't want to be there sure. talking about that stuff uh they didn't they're not used to being down there testifying in front of the legislature but it yeah. it, it made it real for Absolutely. the people that were taking the votes yeah. and it, it, we wouldn't have been able to get any of that stuff passed without the without the families and the fellow uh you know first responders who who were there talking about why it was important yeah yeah no, celeste uh Flynn's wife is just she's been through a lot and it's amazing yeah. to see her her strength and still getting out there and fighting the good it's fight really important change. yeah um you know we uh, Noah Liotta we lost a, a police officer in, in Montgomery County that uh you know he, he we passed a bill um because his parents wouldn't let up and they kept coming <laughs> back you know the same same kind of thing it makes a yeah. difference no it's amazing um so <laughs> I in my you know, say short 37 years, I can't think of a more uh, crazy time politically with yeah. just the divisiveness and, and the cultural uh, uh, backgrounds and kind of back and forth with not just Maryland, I mean, across the country, right? And you were able to maintain 
one of the highest approval ratings of any governor. You were consistently in the top 10, two or higher sometimes. You On the day you left office, you had better approval ratings than both presidents. Um, and it was felt, I mean, you had an 81% approval from the opposing party. That's That's amazing. During these, I mean, crazy times, how was it that you were able to provide leadership, bring people together, and still create change? And it's not just the approval rates. That's just one metric. I mean, yep. you you did so much to bring people together, be genuine, acknowledge a human element. You give us Larry Hogan's leadership. Yeah, well, you know, one hundred and one. You, you know, I didn't um, I didn't set out to say how am I going to you know be a leader and bring everybody together and have high approval ratings. I just you know was trying to do what I thought was the right thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I tried to put aside the the partisanship and the kind of I, I'm. Like a lot of people in America, really turned off by that kind of angry, toxic rhetoric where you have to demean the other side. It was yeah. like you know you can disagree without being disagreeable. You can stand up passionately and fight for the things you believe in without you know uh, making it personal or questioning the patriotism of the people on the other side or sure. bashing them. And it seems like in today's day and age, more people there's some people that are into this kind of performative politics where they just care about getting you know people on twitter to follow them they want to make the loudest angriest voices get all the attention but the average person hates it they hate they're they're fed up with republicans and democrats and they're like they they're turned off they have 17 percent approval of congress in washington they think everything's broken and they really just want to elect people regardless of their party affiliation who will tell it like it is and not be bsing them and spinning them and who will actually work together across the aisle to solve problems and it turns out that's really popular <laughs> you know it's like people like it right. republicans yeah. like it yeah. independents like it and democrats like it Absolutely. and um so you know i think we need more of that today uh but we're you know it's it's a scary crazy time in politics today as you said starting out the, the question yeah uh but most people are they, they're just really sick of it they are they really are <laughs> Uh, my wife and I joke that we used to uh, cancel each other's votes out. Yeah, that happens a lot, actually. I hear that all the time. <laughs> yeah, we, um, a lot of married couples do that. Yep, yep. But no, she uh, she absolutely loves and adores you. She, she's the moderate, and you hated me. No, no, she's the, she's the moderate Democrat. <laughs> yeah. And she wanted to, and she yeah, loves everything that you stood for and everything you did. And with, yeah. And bring people there. So we, I mean, we feel it in our family just for the yeah, well, fire thank you. service and then what you've been doing. Well, um, thank you. I, it, it is unusual. I mean, there are some other folks doing it in other places, uh, but, you know, in in our state, I was a Republican governor in the bluest state in America. Yeah. That um, you know, Joe Biden won by thirty three points, uh, and Hillary won by thirty one points. I mean, yeah. I ran forty five points ahead of Donald Trump because I was able to get people to vote for me. You know, I had to win nearly every Republican, nearly every Independent, and more than thirty percent of the Democrats yeah. in order yeah. to be governor. That's pretty amazing, <laughs> and you did it time and again. Yeah, yeah. So that's that's awesome. Um, you used two words that I really appreciate. I've been using a lot lately, and that's being genuine and not being performative. Yeah. And I think we see the opposite of that so often. So. I think authenticity is pr- probably the most. People say, how, you know, what's what's the secret? Like the, the other, like Democrats, <laughs> like in de- Democratic governors in Democratic states or Republican governors and Republican, they'll come up to me and say, how in the hell <laughs> do you get 70-something percent of everyone to vote for you? I mean, you know, I'm in a red state and I'm a Republican governor. I can't get over 50, you know, or, yeah, or right. vice versa. <laughs> and I was like, I, I don't really know, but I mm. think it's something about being authentic. It's people, ju- people come up to me all the time and I love it, but they say, you seem like a regular guy. 
And I go, yeah. well, that's because I am a regular guy. <laughs> right. And they go, you seem to just say what you think. And I was like, well, aren't you supposed to? Such a novel idea, <laughs> yeah. right? It's like, it shouldn't, I shouldn't be like a unicorn. Yeah. It's like, wow, it's amazing. Even if I'm on Sunday TV show, national you know, news program sometimes, and they're like, mm-hmm. afterwards, the cameras will go off. They'll go, wow, you just actually answer the questions and say what you think. And I was like, is that what you're supposed to do? They're like, no, no one does that. No one does that anymore. It's so sad. Yeah. Yeah. It's so refreshing that we at least have that you here and doing that. You know, yeah, well, thank you. I, I, I didn't do it. You know, I didn't say, hey, how can I create this phony persona to be authentic? I, right. you're, it's you're just that what you see is what you get. Yeah. <laughs> now, we just recently had the... Uh, Annapolis St. Patrick's Day Parade. Yeah, I know that was always a, a big event. First time I missed it in a long time. I yeah. loved that parade. Love the firefighters are so huge there. When yep. we always came early and hung out and drank a few beers with the firefighters at uh, Stan and Joe's, and then uh, yeah. you know it was. Uh, yeah, I'll be back again. I, I wanted to give the new governor a little space this time, so I didn't show up. That well, I'll be back. Sure. <laughs> I don't like to miss too many St. Patrick's Days. Yeah, no, no, I, that was. It's always one of the highlights of our years. Is like. <laughs> Having you like shoulder to shoulder, yeah. drinking beers front to back of Stan and Joe's and going up and down, uh, you know. Yeah, yep. Well, I didn't drink street, so. all the beers up and down front to back. I mean, I couldn't have made it all the way through, but I had a couple maybe. <laughs> yeah, a couple here and there, right? <laughs> um, now, I mean, just being governor, you have got to get to this point where like sometimes that work-life balance gets a little tipped. That scale gets a little heavy on one side. What's, what is a go-to thing that you do for decompression or just you know hey i need to fill my cup back up the work-life balance is all out of whack what's something go to that you got you know it's this is going to sound crazy but i'm i'll, I'll admit like i always give you the straight answer yeah. i did not i was not too good at work-life balance no, i was, I, that's, I was that's like yeah. i was like all work all the time i never quit yeah. i was like i mean to to a fault i mean i shouldn't have i mean i gave too much i'm like i, I didn't I was not good at unwinding or down, you know, yeah. decompressing or taking time off. I did one vacation in eight years, wow. which my wife was not happy about. Sure. I occasionally would get a down weekend, but usually I was working seven days a week, day and night, and I left it all on the field. But um, I'm starting to learn now that I'm not governor. I'm, I'm saying, you know, <laughs> hey, there's it's actually there's a life out here. I'm walking around and uh, you know it's a beautiful spring day, and I'm out walking my dogs and playing with my grandkids, and I'm like. Man, why, why, why was I missing all this? I know that's a good life. You've earned, you've certainly <laughs> yeah. earned that. That is good living. Are there uh, are there any plans for the future? Are you just enjoying life right now? You know, I'm uh, trying to figure out what the next steps are. I don't know. I'm going to continue to stay involved in politics from the standpoint of I still care. I'm very yeah. concerned about the direction of the country, and I'm going to continue to try to be a voice. I don't know that I'll ever run for office again. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to, you know, back in the private sector, which I did most of my life before I became governor. Yeah. I only did the eight years of uh, elective office. Um, and I'm looking forward to, you know, some, you know, I'm not ready to retire. So I'm going to keep doing whatever I can to stay busy. Yeah. Now, well, you certainly have uh, my family and I support. You've done so much for us and we feel it and see it. And uh, my wife is like, just tell him to go for president. We need him. And I'll vote for him. <laughs> I'm twisting your arm. I might right be now, the honorary president of IAFF, one of the local chapters right, we'll or something. We'll take it. We'll take it. No, we appreciate that. Um, so kind of wrapping this up, I, like I want to be respectful of your time. This is amazing. I sincerely appreciate this for on behalf of the fire service and public safety in general. Well, I just want to thank you once again. I mean, I really enjoyed this. I'm glad you're doing the podcast. I hope more people will, will tune into the yeah. podcast. Um, you know, I, I love I love uh, you know public safety. I love uh, firefighters and police officers. Everybody's out there, 
you know, working hard for the rest of us. And, uh, you know, you, you deserve every, every bit of appreciation you can get. And I just want to personally thank you and your family and all your brothers and sisters in, in the fire service. Oh, thank you. As a uh, token of my appreciation, I got a couple things for you. So, oh, wow. Starting out, I have um, I've been hanging on to this bottle for quite some time. So this is a barrel pick Woodford Reserve. Oh, nice. I've been hanging on to for quite some time. Uh, I don't know. Somebody must have told uh, you uh, <laughs> that's pretty special. I've uh, so I, I don't think I've had this one i'm a woodford guy but i haven't had the you know double baked so yeah this like i said i've been hanging on to this one and i figured what double oaked yeah Yeah, double oaked what better opportunity than to give it to uh maryland's well thank you very much that's awesome and uh Uh, this is are we gonna drink it now or save it i mean you can twist my heart i got a few more meetings after this (laughs) um no and actually that's from a barrel pick in northern awesome and the guys are getting ready to do another one and they said if you wanted to uh do help them do the barrel pick they would be oh that'd be awesome so if that's something you're into that'd be great um now and this one is my wife could only get this in germany this in 2019 this was i think rated the best whiskey from whiskey magazine and it's wow. one of my personal favorites now you're absolutely able to find it in maryland in a couple spots but i've been hanging on to it wow thank you so very this is just very much one. uh that's a nika from the barrel that's ah, incredible well thank you i'm usually yeah. drinking a you know, pretty cheap uh, bourbon but now you got you're stepping it up with some <laughs> high-end whiskey for me yeah no it's uh yeah two of my favorites right there for you and then i mean i of course, being in the fire service, I got to give you uh, challenge coins from my local jurisdiction. And then this is also from our honor guard. And our honor guard has quickly become um, on the international stage for being one of the go-to honor guards. Um, so much awesome. of it is through unfortunate events, but some of it is for positive things. And like I well, said, tell them how much there. I appreciate so them. That really means from here. really means a lot to me. Yeah. Thank you very much. Yes, I don't I don't have any um, whiskey to give you, but I'm going to give you one of my challenge points <laughs> too to thank you for your service right, and thanks for having that. me on the on the show. No, thank you so much for being here and allowing me this opportunity. Right, thank, thank you, sir. Many many thanks to Governor Hogan again for allowing us the opportunity to sit with him. How fortunate are we to listen to a man who's led a state through some incredible times all while fighting his own battles and still giving back to those in public safety. What's so refreshing is just as no BS authenticity. You do the right thing and everything else will shake out. It's not performative. It's not some talking point on a teleprompter to get the views because someone else said that it was the right thing to do or say to get the votes. So thank you, Governor, for your leadership lessons and your support. What is Forging on Broken all about? What are we doing with this venture? By becoming more resilient for what life throws at us and in turn giving back to the public safety community. By becoming part of the Forge and Unbroken community through the Patreon page, you will support public safety charities and causes. You're going to support purchases for fire and fitness equipment and future training endeavors. What you get out of the deal is a weekly growth mindset podcast. It's going to focus on gaining that 1% betterment for yourself and those around you. It's going to pull from personal and professional experience, as well as books and research from subject matter experts. It's a quick thing you get once a week. You'll get a weekly mobility video where I dive into drills. It's going to increase range of motion, give personal assessment tools, decrease tension and soreness, and rehab injuries. You'll get a daily workout you can complete in a fully outfitted gym, and an additional option if you only have minimal equipment, just a set of dumbbells or maybe a sandbag. Not sure of the movement in the workout? That's okay because there's an additional 30-day strength and conditioning training supplement that contains everything you need. So in it, it's got a movement library that shows you a quick video of the movement with proper form. All you have to do is click the link. It's going to have warm-ups, benchmark workouts, 
uh, goal setting to track progression. And then there's going to be obviously 30 days of workouts on top of the daily workout you're already getting. You want more development? Similar to the military, there's a forged and unbroken suggested reading list, focusing on literature that I've used to help me broaden my experiences by living through others. If you become part of this community, I also want this to be a living document. So if you have those books that have really stuck with you, I want to know about it, and I'm going to put it on this document so everybody can benefit from it. All of this can be yours for six months a month. None of this multi-tier stuff. If you're in the community, then you're in, and we're fortunate to have you. Please like, share, subscribe, review, five-star the podcast on whatever platform you use, and follow us on Instagram and spread the word. Thank you for Sifferberry, Forging and Broken.